right, everyone. Welcome back to the Virtue Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Luke, and today we're going to go deep on recovery. Now, recovery is not a very popular topic. Um, It's really sexy to speak about all the fun workouts that bring you close to death and, you know, leave you sore and, um, you know, that are fancy for Instagram and all that stuff. But one of the things uh, that gets, you know, really overlooked is actually recovery, right? This all comes down to this topic of something called hormesis, right? Which is something that is that which does not kill me makes me stronger. You may have heard that saying before, and that's actually in relation to the concept of hormesis, which is basically um, a response to a given stress, right? So um, a good example that I like to use a lot is uh, the people that make themselves uh, immune to snake venom, right? So uh, you have this example of a guy that works with venomous snakes that just gives himself a small dosage of this given snake venom, right? And every so often he doses himself with a higher dose and a higher dose to where eventually if he were to get bit by a, you know, by an actual snake, he would actually become immune or tolerant to that venom, right? That That's hormesis exemplified um, from that uh, perspective, right? Because, uh, you know, with exercise, that works as well, right? A little bit of it can be almost therapeutic in a way. A lot of it can actually kill you, right? Or not kill you, but can actually set you back a little bit more, right? So, um, recovery is all about learning to work with your body and get your body to stop fighting you when it comes to your gains, right? So, learning the appropriate level of dosage, right? So, before we uh, go into the topic of recovery, uh, let me remind you that you can get 30 free workouts for guys and gals over the age of 30 that are busy, right? They're time-strapped workouts by going to www.getvirtue.com and entering in your email address. From there, uh, you will get an email that uh, instantaneously shoots you the PDF of these 30 free workouts. And then you'll that'll drop you on my email list to give you updates based off of new podcasts, um, new workout plans, all of that stuff that you might be interested in. Okay, so let's go ahead and bring on the topic of recovery. So recovery, there's... Um, I like pyramids, okay, so uh, I like having things as a base, and then as you move higher, you kind of go to stuff that's less relevant, and then at the peak, that's kind of like after everything's nailed down, um, that's stuff that might be able to give you that like slight edge, like that 1% or 2%, right? So uh, as I am recording this right now, the Olympics are going, and one of the things that you often see with uh, specifically the U.S. swim team is the cupping, right? So you see them walking out, getting ready for their uh, Olympic swim, and they're covered in these basically giant round hickeys, right? So, um, and uh, and what that is, is that's a recovery method, right? Kind of like akin to, I guess, acupuncture or whatever the case is. Um, And, you know, and to be honest, I'm not exactly sure the method behind 
why it helps with the recovery, but I know it's supposed to be a means of recovery. Well, what happens is that the average Joe that uh, skips over the other methods of recovery, uh, you know, sees this on the Olympics and thinks, okay, in order for me to recover and to perform like, um, you know, any of the the Olympic Olympians, that I need to go get cupped, right? Which is just not the case, right? So um, everything has kind of like a neat place, I guess, um, has a order, a foundation, and then that you need to build on, right? So from recovery, uh, there's basically two things that are foundational, right? So we have a monster workout, we break down our muscle, we create a stress response to our body. Um, now, that stress response needs to be countered with a, um, a recovery response, right? So um, working out and recovery are two sides of the same coin uh, that we call adaptation, right? That we call um, gains, right? So if you want to maximize your gains, well, then you need to be really putting an emphasis on balancing out your training and recovery. Um, another good example that I've heard is that it's almost like balancing your checkbook, right? I take out so much from my body, that means that I have to put so much back in. So, um, you know, uh, another popular saying is that there's no such thing as overtraining, there's just under recovery. Um, I'm not 100% sure about that, but most people could probably work out a lot harder if they focused on recovery as well, right? So um, if you're watching the CrossFit Games at this time too, which is going on along with the Olympics, um, it's the same same concept, right? These guys got to be able to recover at the same amount of volume that they can, uh, you know, that they are putting out at the actual CrossFit Games, right? So um, two sides of the same coin. Recovery is key. So from the foundation, the foundational things that we need to be thinking about when it comes to recovery, that's going to be sleep is number one, and your nutrition will be number two, right? If these things are not in place, these things are foundational, fundamental pieces of recovery. If these things are not in place, then you just need to stop right here and focus on those two things, okay? Um, the other things that I mentioned are going to be completely and utterly, I don't want to say completely useless, but they're going to be very um, secondary to these two things, right? So if you're not paying attention to those two things of sleep and nutrition, your recovery is going to be compromised. And there is no amount of foam rolling, there's no amount of cupping that you're going to be able to do to prevent you from basically breaking down your body from breaking down um, and stopping the gain train. So um, let's go ahead and talk about sleep for a second, right? I can do an entire podcast on just sleep. And if that's the case, go ahead and hit me up on Instagram at coach Luke and let me know if you would like for me to do an episode on sleep. I would love to do it, but, uh, general broad brush strokes when it comes to sleep, right? Some of the fundamental principles that we need to be thinking about when it comes to sleep, your room's got to be dark, no light pollution, right? So, um, if it helps, one of these times during the uh, during the day, like close all your blinds and then look for areas where lights are shining. Right, even a little bit of light um, that is you know shining on a your the photoreceptors in your skin, uh, in your eyes, all of that stuff is going to um, cause you to not go into as deep of a sleep as you possibly could. Right, so. 
Um, when it's daylight out, go into your room, close the blinds, and look for any glaring uh, lights that are coming through, right? Um, it could be something where you need to buy blackout blinds and curtains. Um, you need to potentially, you know, get some masking tape or whatever the case is and tape up over any of like those little lights that are, you know, attached to um, electronic chargers, things like that. Get a alarm clock that actually the lights shut off, right? So you, you don't look over and you're not looking at the clock tick, you know, the electronic clock ticking. Um, you're going to want to make sure that it's cool, right? So uh, this is just going over the environment. It's got to be cool, right? I think most of the sleep research out there says that you want your um, your sleeping environment to be 68 degrees. That's fairly cool um, when it comes to, you know, your your house temperature or whatever the case is. If you can't get to 68 degrees or you're like, hey, man, that's like environmentally unresponsive, uh, irresponsible, like, hey, you know, I can't put out that much power or I can't afford to um, have the thermostat set that low during the nighttime, um, then you can also look into something called a chili pad. Uh, which is basically this this pad that goes over or underneath your um, your sheets and or in between your sheets and your mattress that circulates cool water um, and helps you regulate your sleeping temperature. Um, I've never used it. I don't have one, uh, but I hear that they are amazing and that people who use them do sleep very well. So that's one way you can kind of play around with temperature. Um, and uh, but. For me, I just turned the AC down and uh, turned the fan on, and uh, we're we're pretty much set there. Okay, so you got your you know dark, cool, quiet um, is definitely one of those things, right? You don't want to be completely uh, knocked out of deep sleep um, by kind of crazy distracting noises. I like using a white noise machine. I think that that's that's useful and helpful. We have one. Um, and I find that it just helps with kind of like any of the annoying, like ambient noises that you have kind of helps drone those out. So I'm a big fan of the white noise machine. So dark, cool, quiet. Um, and then we need to start thinking about like, it's gotta be comfortable, right? So, um, you know, take a look at your, your bed. Like when was the last time you changed your mattress? Do you sleep well, um, on, you know, fresh, clean sheets? Do you, have a good pillow that's, you know, supporting your neck and all of that stuff. Are you, like, how well are you sleeping, right? So, and um, so once we got that environment nailed down, then we need to start thinking about, like, our bedtime routines, right? So the bedtime routine typically can start anywhere from, like, an hour to 30 minutes before bed or whatever the case is, right? But um, the big one here is we don't want to be uh, taking in blue light, right? We want to dim the lights. We want to think about winding down for the day before we just hop into bed. Uh, one of the things that kind of gets people into trouble is that they go from a million miles an hour to zero, and then they hop in bed and they are like, man, like I just can't turn my brain off. Whatever the case is, it's like, well, then we need to implement some type of a, a nighttime routine, whatever that could be. That could be, you know, 15 minutes of reading a non-stimulating book, right? So Game of Thrones or, um, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings or whatever the case is, a suspenseful book may not be uh, your uh, your go-to bedtime reading. It might be something maybe uh, a little bit more, 
neutral, I guess would be a good, uh, a good term for it. Right. So something that's not really, really, um, you know, really, really exciting, maybe something that's not really, really, uh, emotionally charged or anything like that. So, um, nighttime reading, you know, is, is, is a great way to do it, to kind of wind down. I highly recommend reading on a book, not on a screen because blue light is kind of what we're trying to avoid here. Right. So, um, blue light is basically the light that's, uh, you know, emitted from screens. It bounces onto the backs of the eyes and it, stimulates the release of some wakefulness hormones, right? So that hormones that are going to keep you awake or that are going to prevent you from going to sleep very, uh, you know, very nicely. So, um, you know, if you are one of those people that like is, I need to watch television before I go to bed. I am on my phone constantly, like to up to the point right before I shut off and go to sleep. Um, then, you need to be thinking about maybe investing in some blue blocker glasses, at least initially until maybe you can find and adapt a better bedtime wind down routine. Um, one of the things also that I recommend for people that are looking maybe that have a little bit of trouble with, you know, the kind of their thoughts getting away from them going to sleep right away is just journaling, right? If there's something um, that is kind of uh, always on your mind or you feel like you have a lot of stuff in your brain, sometimes capturing it on paper uh, after uh, before you go to bed is a great way to kind of like get those thoughts out on paper. Just being able to tell yourself that like, look, I got all those thoughts out on paper um, and they'll be there in the morning and I can address them and deal with them. That's why I like writing my to-do list the night before actually is because it helps me kind of shut my brain off, right? I just kind of do this brain dump type of a thing where, um, you know, if there's something that I feel is important that needs to be done um, and instead of keeping it in my brain, I just vomit it out onto a sheet of paper and then I can organize it later and kind of put it on my to-do list, right? So doing some type of a brain dump and a uh, uh, to-do list is hugely beneficial for uh, for what I've found when it comes to a nighttime routine. So, um, some type of some type of reading or some type of uh, you know brain dump is I find very beneficial. Also, uh, making coffee, uh, setting up your coffee maker for the night before. Um, can be beneficial if you're one of those people that likes to do have coffee, like, you know, wake up to the fresh smell of coffee, you know, like the best part of waking up type of stuff that can be beneficial as well. Right. So, um, anyways, that is going to be one of the more, um, important things, right? So optimizing your sleep as much as you can, uh, by setting up your environment and then finding a good routine is going to be hugely important for, you know, for gains, like for recovery, because sleep is hugely important when it comes to your recovery. Additionally, um, nutrition, nutrition, how you eat is going to be hugely important. Making sure you're getting adequate levels of protein and calories are typically kind of like the foundation there. And then based off of what your goals are, you modify the other macros, fat and carbs and everything else, right? So, um, making sure that you're being consistent with your nutrition is going to be a huge factor when it comes to, uh, your recovery, right? So, um, you know, if you're not eating well to support your activity levels, then you're just going to be in a constant state of trying to recover from that activity. So if your goal is especially, um, when it comes to, when it comes to building muscle, uh, then you need to be making sure that your nutrition's on point. 
With fat loss, it's also important too, because if you're under eating, it's going to make life challenging for you, um, as well as overeating. Under eating and overeating is just as uh, you know, just as bad, right? So if you chronically under eat, a lot of times what happens is you get into this cycle of binging and you know restricting, binging and restricting, and then on the opposite side, you eat too much and you're trying to lose fat. Well, then you're going to, um, you know, well then you're going to obviously be in a caloric surplus and you're just going to be spinning your wheels, right? So from a recovery standpoint, you know, when it comes to your training to, and you're working out and you're exercising in the hopes of leaning out, well, you want to make sure that you're not overly restricting yourself to where you're, you know, you're constantly obsessing about food and it's impacting your sleep, right? If you're constantly thinking about food, um, if your recovery is just not there, um, you know, then you probably need to look into your nutrition a lot more, right? Caffeine consumption, stimulating things, all of that stuff, uh, sugar intake, all that stuff, right? So, uh, nutrition has to be on point, right? If you're not sleeping and you're not eating well, your recovery is going to be severely compromised. Okay. I think I've said that enough, right? Um, so what's the next step? Well, uh, kind of like the middle of the pyramid is movement, right? So when it comes to recovery, things that you do for yourself are better than things done to you or for you. So what do I mean by that, right? So I mean that um, you just generally moving your body, uh, kind of like a hair of the dog thing, gentle movement, yoga um, in some forms, um, original strength is one of the things that really comes to mind, pressing reset, breathing, um, doing some, doing your, um, you know, light movement, taking your joints through full ranges of motion every day is one of those things that is going to help with recovery, right? In its simplest form, that means just walking, uh, you know, so what that does is, you know, you're going to get, you know, uh, better utilization of, uh, you know, oxygen to the tissues, the working muscles, things like that. Uh, blood is going to get pushed to those working muscles and blood carries a lot of different things. It carries hormones, it carries nutrients, it carries all of these things that are responsible for aiding in the recovery process. So moving your body and circulating that blood um, that is full of those nutrients, because guess what? You've been taking care of your nutrition, right? You've taken care of that foundation. Um, those hormones, which are secreted when you sleep, um, are floating around on the bloodstream. So we need to circulate that blood by active movement, right? So by moving a little bit more, um, you know, going for a walk, doing some rolling, rocking, neck nodding, marching, crawling, all of those things will help with speeding up recovery times, right? So um, a lot of times you'll see, um, you know, swimmers or runners or whatever the case is, the day after they've run a marathon, they'll go for just a, a light jog. And that's just to get the blood moving, getting all that stuff, you know, usually uh, after running a marathon, people pig out, they get themselves a lot of good calories. Um, and then they also knock out and sleep like the dead. And so, you know, the next day you go for a run, um, or a jog or a walk, and you just basically kind of give your body hair of the dog in, in a lot of ways. Right. So, um, movement is hugely important for that. Right. So that, you know, could look like any kind of mobility work, um, 
you know, anything that's active that you are moving your body, you, you are not a, you are not passive in this process, right? So that's kind of like the middle, that's the next step up when we start to talk about recovery. Um, so at the top, at the peak, now we're starting to get into all of the things that get a lot more publicity, right? Um, that's going to be things like uh, massage, ice bath, um, cryotherapy, um, what uh, foam rolling. Uh, what are some other ones that I'm thinking of here? Uh, chiropractic, ART, um, all of these things, they're, they're all good things, right? Cupping. Um, all these things are good things, right? There's, uh, they're, they are useful uh, up to the, the point, like I said, that you have a good firm foundation in place when it comes to um, you know, your sleep, your nutrition, and then you're also taking care of that movement piece, right? So uh, definitely nothing wrong with these things, and these things do have a benefit, right? They are important. Um, you know, so like tissue quality, they improve the tissue quality, they, uh, you know, massage, foam rolling, things like that. Uh, those are going to be things that help with pushing, you know, uh, the moisture and moving the fluid around in your muscles in specific muscles um, that are, you know, maybe a little bit, you know, cranky and stiff and tight. And uh, so like giving them, them a little bit of extra love with massage and foam rolling can, can help, you know, help with, you know, pushing blood into those muscles. Uh, maybe uh, there's not a good blood supply to those muscles, things like that can be beneficial. Same thing with like, you know, sauna and ice bath and things like that. Um, my favorite is to actually contrast between those two, right? So go from hot to cold, hot to cold, hot to cold. Um, and that can be hugely beneficial because it increases the blood flow. It kind of like pushes the blood flow into, into your core. And then the hot makes you, makes your body push that, um, blood out to the extremities and all of that stuff. So, um, anyways, so those things are great. Um, but it, once again, you're not sleeping, you're not eating. They're just, you're, you're going to be kind of spitting in the wind. So, um, that is kind of how I view recovery, right? So sleep, nutrition at the base, got the base in place. Then we go into movement, making sure that you are actively becoming a participant and an actor in your recovery. And then we start to do the things that are done to you and for you, right? So um, all of the stuff that would maybe require a practitioner, equipment, foam rolling, uh, cryotherapy, Normatec, like the, the pants that are like kind of giving you a massage, all of that stuff, um, is great, but one, it's expensive Two, uh, the return on the recovery investment is, is marginal at best. Um, you know, if you're an extreme athlete and you're super disciplined and dialed in, that might be enough to give you the slight edge on your competition. So great, do it. Um, I, and especially if you have the resources for it, right? Or you have, you know, someone that's volunteering, you know, a practitioner that's volunteering for that stuff and you have that available to you, then why not go for it? You know, that's great. But um, once again, nail the foundations first, friends. All right. So I uh, hope that was helpful. Um, you know, and I hope that that gives you some insight when it comes to balancing out your stress, your training with the recovery, right? Because if we want to keep that gain train rolling at an optimum rate, we need recovery as much as we need our training. Um, they're two sides of the same coin, right? 
a lot of training needs a lot of recovery and a little bit of training doesn't need that much, right? So if going for a 30-minute walk doesn't require a lot of recovery, right? You just need to make sure that you're sleeping and eating well. Um, you know, if you're working out, well, maybe then we need to, you know, eat, sleep, and then do a little bit of movement and then maybe do a little bit of foam rolling, right? If you're really working out and your volume is, is high, then we need to keep on climbing that pyramid and start adding a lot of those things in that may be more or less practical for you based on where you're at. All right. So for the busy person, nailing sleep and nutrition, and then some gentle movement in the form of walking and, you know, some uh, original strength resets are kind of where like, I kind of like, okay, that's my, my recovery prescription for probably 80% of the population, right? If you have the resources, the time, the money, and your training is that extreme that you need to go higher, then, you know, that's kind of how you would, would broach the subject. But anyways, um, that's all I have for you today, folks. Once again, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and hop on my email list, um, subscribe to the podcast, and follow me on Instagram. I'm at Coach Luke um, on Instagram, and I would love to hear from you. Uh, if you want to get onto my email list, once again, the website to get on that is getvirtue.com. And I would love to hear from you there. And I will talk with you all next Friday. All right, folks. Thanks for listening.